and this edition of Hoosology. Matt and Justin welcome Ben Strauss of the Washington Post to discuss his most recent article about the tension between the media that covers the WNBA and its players. Then the hosts break down and give their predictions on the annual slate of NBA Christmas games. Don't want to miss this episode. Ben was gracious enough to come on our show and just talk about the relationship between the players and just the lack of access as the media receives this covering on this WNBA season. So it was a great chat there. And then Matt, and then myself and Matt had some fun just breaking down the NBA slate of Christmas games. Don't want to miss this episode. The Hoopsology podcast is presented by Ball's Life. And now, Ben Strauss. He is a reporter for the Washington Post. We have the pleasure in welcoming Ben Strauss onto Hoopsology. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, your most recent article really caught my eye regarding the tension between the media and the WNBA. It was really fascinating to read. And I just want to get just your brief summary of just your article in terms of what led to this tension between just the WNBA players and the media that covers them specifically. An overview. Okay, so um, I think what was uh, what, what was interesting to me is is um, I think there's a, a pretty well established narrative that that a lot of um, women's sports leagues, particularly the WNBA, are are often um, looking for more coverage and talking about how they want more coverage. And there are people in the WNBA. Um, you know, who over the years who have cited this this famous stat, you know, I, I don't know who Deloitte or somebody did a study that that it was like five percent of sports coverage uh, is focused on women. And so you hear, you know, you'd you'd hear, you know, players, you'd hear um, the commissioner of the league, um, you know, throw this out there and sort of say, we want more coverage. Where is um, where are reporters? Where are outlets? You know, treat us like. Um, you know, a major professional league. And that made sense to me. It was, you know, sort of this dynamic that, that seemed to exist. And um, at the WNBA finals this year, uh, the, uh, was it the Liberty, the Liberty were the losing team and, and you know, the, the fair bit of uh, media coverage on the, on the finals, um, you know, good series between the Aces and the Liberty. Um, and, you know, a lot of reporters who aren't always at WNBA games were looking to talk to a few players from the Liberty, um, and they didn't show up. And this was, was somewhat shocking to the New York media, the, the TV cameras, you know, for the, the local, um, you know, broadcast stations, but, um, you know, also the reporters, so you, you know, you hear them talking, we'd never encountered anything like this. And, and, you know, we're, we're here to cover the WNBA. We're, we're doing what, what they've asked. Um. And that in and of itself was somewhat interesting to me. And then as soon as, um, you know, I, I made some calls, it, it seemed that there was a, a bigger issue at play that, that you know, for, for a little while now, the people that cover the league, um, you know, said that they are trying to give more coverage. Um, they are trying to do more stories and, and seemingly trying to do exactly what the league is asking for and are often met by roadblocks from, from, you know, all corners of the league, whether it's the league office not being helpful, teams, players even, um, agents too. And so uh, just the idea that, that the same people um, asking for more coverage are often a, a hurdle to that very coverage, um, you know, seemed pretty interesting to, to explore. Is that because there's a 
distrust between players and media. Like, what is what exactly is the the issue that's causing kind of these roadblocks for a lot of these media outlets just to cover the league? Um, just because we've seen, I think, in particularly 2020, the WNBA rise in popularity from the pandemic to now, I think there's been an upswing in terms of just fan interest. And, you know, I think a lot of these players, you know, they play internationally or come from a college basketball environment, which they're used to media asking them questions. So when they go to the pro level, like what's causing this kind of, you know, massive distrust between the media once they, you know, enter the WNBA specifically? Well, um, I guess there's a couple of things. I think historically there's been a lack of coverage and, you know, perhaps the coverage hasn't been great. Um, there's, there's uh, in lieu of professional journalists, you know, the same sorts of people that would cover the NBA or, or other sports, you, you end up with some fan blogs, um, you know, people who are, are really there to um, cheerlead for the league and, and both in the sense of, of they're there to to sort of, you know, be sort of a PR wing of the league, but also, um, you know, maybe don't, you know, handle themselves in the same way in a locker room or, or in an interview as, as you know, uh, somebody from you know a credentialed newspaper might um and that's done a couple of things um i think that the the wmba because it hasn't always gotten the coverage there's sort of a frustration you know um players are frustrated with the covers frustrated with the type of coverage um but then when um you do get the coverage. I, I wrote about an instance with the Sun Times, who's one of only two traveling beat writers for a um, you know a newspaper that travels with a team, and and you know somebody wrote a, what seemed like a pretty basic article that you know the Chicago Sky are struggling with injuries. You know they're not um, playing up to their whatever their potential was going to be. You know this might not be a team that makes the playoffs. This team might not have it or something like that. Something you would see written about you know, every team that has ever underachieved in, in American sports history. Uh, and a player after that article came out, confronted the reporter and, and said, like, are you with us or against us? Um, or something to that effect. And, and that sort of speaks to, to you know, can you handle, um, you know, coverage that isn't necessarily uh, fluffing you up? Um, what happens when you you get sort of this, I mean, that's not even, you know, particularly critical, but you get, you know, some teeth to the coverage, like, can you handle it? And so I think there's a bunch of different dynamics um, at play um, for sort of like why this uh, relationship seems to have gone badly. In terms of the NBA's role in supporting the WNBA, do you think that the relationship there from what you've seen is is growing stronger? Or has there been any change, you know, over the last season from, from what you've examined? I guess maybe. I'm not totally sure. I, I did speak to one reporter who, who made the point that, um, you know, if you look at the PR staff at the at the WNBA, it's you sort of see a trickle down effect. Um, you know, to the teams with the sort of the professionalism of the PR staff, what they they tell the players to do, what the level of expectation is. Um, on another level, you, I mean, the, the the NBA has spent a lot of money on the WNBA. Um, you know, it's not like they haven't you know provided you know significant financial support. I think that that. Uh, the Golden State Warriors owner just put up, you know, tens of millions of dollars to to um, bring that expansion franchise um, 
to to um, the Bay Area. Um, what that should look like, I'm not sure. I, I it's also worth noting that I think where there's like two PR staffers at the WNBA, and there's you know probably like 50 PR staffers at the NBA, and so the just the sheer ability to um, navigate this stuff is is harder for the league the the infrastructure isn't there and and when you think about the teams you've got these are like entry-level jobs the the salaries that you're paying to you know whoever the comms director or pr person is you know is is like a college graduate is not some seasoned person who's worked for three teams and has been around the block like you often see with WNBA teams um and so there's you know, all sorts of dynamics there that, that sort of explain this. And you can also sort of say there's growing pains. There's growing pains on, on the league side is sort of like, how do we get the funding to, to make the PR uh, apparatus better? But then there's also, you know, uh, outlets who are saying, what is the business incentive for us to cover it? Sort of, they're both kind of sort of moving forward, I think, but you're at the stage where it's a little bit awkward um, and, and neither, you know, side is, is really fully formed or, you know, has reached the maturity, um, you know, that the W that the NBA media ecosystem has reached on, on either end where everybody sort of knows how this works. Um, I just want to ask you, uh, Caitlin Clark has, you know, really gained in popularity, breaking a lot of records in terms of just, you know, on the court and off the court as well. Paige Buckers is very popular. Angel Reese has gained a lot of traction. Um, you know, they're soon, I, I mean, we make an assumption, will be drafted into the WNBA rather quickly and with have huge fan bases based on social media. If the WNBA cannot figure this out, do you think there's going to be some long-term consequences in terms of harming a lot of their future stars that already have huge fan bases that could, could potentially, you know, elevate the WNBA moving forward? Yeah, I don't know. It's not necessarily like um, like the NWSL, right, where these these players have a this great choice between the NWSL or, or the, the Women's Premier League, right? Um, you could go to Europe, but you might get paid but but it's not like the, the notoriety isn't quite the same sort of the star power isn't the same and so i don't think that 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 sort of acute competition um exercise comes in the way that with with soccer it does i think in basketball the, this league is growing and you know probably will remain the the preeminent place to play women's basketball and and you know just by virtue of being connected to the nba in the united states where basketball is you know, the best basketball is played. Um, there's sort of this built-in advantage where it's it's a little tough to see, you know, you losing that no matter how, you know, um, you know much the, the media relationship between players and, and the press is, is good or bad. Ben, uh, kind of piggybacking off of that with Caitlin Clark, I mean, she's unique in a lot of ways. She's drawn comparisons to Steph Curry with her outside shooting ability and is is just a really unique watch. Do you think that she is one of these players who could, you know, be be like a Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, you know, type of player to usher in like a golden age for the WNBA? Do you think there's there's really that type of potential with her coming into the league? Sure. Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese, too, seems to really enjoy the spotlight and, you know, kind of work the media. Um yeah, I think women's basketball in general is sort of one of those sports that, that really um, looks 
you know, primed for growth. Um, I think that the women's uh, college basketball championship game, or maybe it was the final four game, um, one of those two, you know, I drew 10 million viewers last year, which is serious, serious um, numbers and viewership. And you're going to get the same stars um, in the NCAA tournament again this year with, with and then you're going to get another one. I think, you know, Paige Bukerts is going to be back. Um, and with NIL money, actually, you know, they may be better off staying in college as long as they can versus, you know, whatever the rookie, you know, pay scale is at the WNBA. So you might actually see them stay in college longer than they might have previously and, and become even bigger household names before they go to the NBA. So I, I think that's a system that, that would be virtuous for the WNBA too. Yeah. Oddly enough, I, I was going to say that that seems like an advantage over the men's game right now in terms of like, you're getting this free narrative kind of built for your star before they enter the draft. Yeah, you mentioned Larry Bird and, and Magic Johnson guys exactly. played four years in college and played against each other in the NCAA tournament um, in the championship game and sort of built that rivalry and built, you know, that star power even before they got to the NBA, you know, at a time when the NBA was looking to grow. Um, and so, sure, you could definitely see some parallels that, to that. Um, I'll let you go with this, um, you know, it's very interesting to, to, to see kind of this tension between, you know, the WNBA and its players, because I kind of see something similar, you know, with the UFC, especially with Dana White in terms of him, you know, despising the media and not trusting him in a lot of its fighters, too. So I think it's a lot of different parallels regarding that. And um, I'm just wondering, within the MMA space, we've seen a lot of journalists actually leave and not cover uh, mixed martial arts anymore just because of just the lack of media access. Do you think that's something that could happen within the WNBA if this is not solved? We're just media members just wanting to cover a different beat if this is not handled correctly? Yeah, I, th I do think that it's a tough beat. And, and if you talk to people in sports media, people have said, well, I've, I've done everything I can to get off the WNBA beat. I will also say that I don't think anything is quite like Dana White. Um, sure. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, in terms of the antipathy toward the media. But I, I will say that in general, there is, um, you know, nationwide at every level, not just in sports, but, but you know, there's sort of a general, um, you know, something that, that, that people rally around is a general hatred of the media. Um, and that's not unique to um, women's basketball. It's not unique to sports. Um, and so I, I, I don't think that we are, um, you know, winning any popularity contests these days. And that I don't think is, is going to change anytime soon either. But, but no, I, whatever is happening in the WNBA, I do not think that, um, I do not think that is the same conversation as, 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 um, whatever Dana White is doing. Gotcha. Uh, Ben, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Please let our audience know where you can find you on social media and then any other projects that you're working on as well. You can read me at the uh, Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com slash sports um, and, and uh, covering um, wherever the, um, the interesting uh, media and business stories of the day go. So, um, you know, basketball and, and baseball and, and we're following the money. Gotcha. Much appreciated. Football, obviously. Right. Following <laughs> lots of lots of money in football for sure. Uh, ben, thank you very much for joining us. Much appreciated. Thanks, guys. All right, Justin, as is customary for the NBA on Christmas Day, we have 
the Christmas gift from the NBA of a great slate of games. And I do like a lot of these matchups that they've set up for us here on Christmas Day. So we're going to go through for you guys and kind of give our predictions for Christmas Day and what we think will happen and give each of our picks for the game we think you should watch, should focus most of your attention on. So the first game we have here, Justin, is an Eastern Conference matchup of two teams that have had some good success over the past three seasons, certainly. The Bucks with an NBA title, the Bucks with new piece Damian Lillard, even though we got the picture on the NBA.com website here of Drew Holiday. He's a Celtic now, but <laughs> still will be a great matchup between these two teams. This game is in New York, and it's on ESPN at noon Eastern time. Give me your thoughts on this game and and who you think will win. Yeah, I want to pick the Knicks. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Bucks. Uh, Giannis in Madison Square Garden, I just think is um, just a match for him to have a great performance. So I'm taking the Bucks. I think it'll be competitive within the first half, and then I think the Bucks will pull away. I think it'll actually be kind of a it's a sleeper game, in my opinion, but I think the Bucks will take it. Yeah, I agree. It it could be one of those where maybe if the Bucks get off to a slow start for whatever reason, if the Knicks come in with the hot hand, maybe it'll be tough for them. But I'm with you and plain and simple, I just can't pick against Giannis on Christmas day. Right? Yeah. I just, if you give me Giannis and you give me a team with no marquee star to the level of Giannis, I'm sorry, this is the NBA. I got to go with that marquee star. So let's go right into next game. This is our first game that is on ABC as well as ESPN. I'm assuming probably ESPN three that you can stream. Yeah. This is the Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. So our last two NBA champions here, Warriors won the chip in 2022 most recently. Maybe starting to close the book on that dynasty, as Justin and I have talked about on the podcast. And we are in Denver, in the Mile High City, near Justin, for a matchup against Jokic and his Nuggets. Jamal Murray is back. If you've been living under a rock, he, he's been back for a little while now. So the Nuggets are running at close to full power here. Draymond Green, even though, again, on NBA.com, he's pictured in the promo photo here. He's <laughs> off in rehabilitation. He will not be playing for this Christmas Day game. So do you see Steph with the ability to pull off the Christmas Day upset, or are you going hometown with this, Justin? Going hometown with this, I, I like the Nuggets. I uh, just think this is a bad matchup for the Warriors, especially without you know Draymond being in there. I I'll take the Nuggets at home. Yeah, it's tough to argue against that. I mean, I think yeah. your your shot here is if Steph and Clay can can really get the hot hand from the three point line. I don't know. Steph just had his his three point streak snap, so maybe there's some motivation there. But again, we're going against I would argue the best player in the world right now, Nikola Jokic. And even though he just had a triple single earlier this week at the time of the recording of this podcast, it's mm -hmm. been a cold couple of weeks by Jokic standards. I still got to go with him uh, getting the win 
on Christmas Day. So right now, two for two, we're in agreement on these Christmas Day predictions. Let's go to our second of ABC and ESPN games. So this one on um, major network television. This is the Boston Celtics playing in Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Lakers. So the Celtics coming in from the East Coast. This is at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Justin, I'll go ahead and lead off with this one. The Lakers are one and two since winning the in-season tournament. They've been on a little bit of a cold spell. And I don't know. I like this Celtics team a lot better, but I'm going to go out of a limb and just kind of count on the Lakers getting hot, the Lakers getting a little more hyped up for Christmas Day. I think the Celtics are the better team, but I'll pick the underdog, I would presume, presume in the Los Angeles Lakers. How do you see this going down? Man, it's going to be a boring show because I'm picking the Lakers as well. <laughs> um, and I think LeBron on Christmas, you know, how many – Look, how many more games does LeBron have playing on Christmas Day? Um, I think he's going to show out, especially, it's, it, you know, it's a traditional NBA rivalry. I like the Lakers. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I love the NBA scheduling these two teams together, the most successful NBA franchises. You like to see that sort of history remembered on the one of the main days of the NBA season even though this isn't a legitimate rivalry right now, at least historically it is. So I think that's that's nice to see something good to uh, sort of tip the cap to for the NBA and hopefully a very entertaining game. Celtics certainly have the ability to win this on the Lakers home court in yeah. what is it? Crypto arena now. Mm -hmm. So we've got two more games on this Christmas day slate of games. The next one, we go back to the East Coast, and this one is on ESPN. This is the 76ers with Joel Embiid, who I would argue is having a better season this season than last season, statistically at least, and arguably with less help. And they are in Miami taking on the Miami Heat, who are still kind of hot and cold depending on who's playing that night and and if Jimmy Butler has the hot hand or not. So this is in Miami, notoriously criticized Miami Heat crowd. <laughs> but hey, we're giving them a Christmas Day game. Justin, I'll let you lead off our predictions on this one. Do you see Joel Embiid coming to town and laying the smackdown or Miami Heat holding their home court advantage? I think stars on Christmas Day play well. Um, man, I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with the heat. Um, I just think they got a chip on their shoulder. I'm going to go with the underdogs and pick the heat on this. I might probably be wrong as Sixers are going to destroy them, but, <laughs> um, we'll see if we're, if I'm contrarian to you, but, um, I like Butler just be, uh, showing a surprise. Seems like this is a surprise Butler game where you're just going to see him have some kind of like weird, you know, costume or outfit and he's going to score 40. So I'll take the heat. I'm going to keep it boring, man. That's that's my pick as well. This just feels like a game that the Miami Heat always win. Like, yeah. you know that everyone is going to be talking about what I just talked about with Joel Embiid's performance. Yeah. So you just, you just get this feeling that <laughs> nobody's going to be talking about the Heat. That's going to tick off 
both Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and they're just going to go crazy. I think MB does have, you know, he's one of the few players that has a big advantage over Bam, especially if he he stays down inside close to the hoop. Uh, as great of a defender as Bam Adebayo is, I do think Embiid could be due for a big game as well. But man, I I can't pick against the Heat in this situation. It just feels to me like like what I just mentioned. Everyone talking about the Sixers and yeah. the Heat just just lay the smack down and keep All that right. home court advantage. <laughs> right. Spolster's going to have some special strategy going into this game. I, I can't discount the Coach Spo advantage as well. Um, as good of a coach as Nick Nurse is in his own right. All right, we got one more game to talk about, and then we got to make our picks in terms of which one we're most looking forward to watching, what's going to be the greatest competition. But this last game of the night comes at 10.30 Eastern time on ESPN. And this is, you know, kind of a low-key rivalry based on some past playoff matchups. It's the Mavericks versus the Suns, that iconic photo of Luca looking up at Devin Booker. That's, you know, maybe we get another one of those moments. These guys barking at each other on Christmas day. Sadly, Bradley Beal turned his ankle. He's out for another couple of weeks. So we won't have a full strength Suns team. The Mavericks have been surprising everyone this season, but they're playing in Phoenix for this game. Phoenix you might also know has a player named Kevin Durant, who also likes to shine in these, these big moment primetime games. Justin, how do you see this, this playing out? Who are you giving your, your thumbs up to for this? Tough, 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 tough. Yeah. Um, I think they're pretty evenly matched. I'm going to go with Phoenix. um, Like you said, with Kevin Durant, Um, but also it's just kind of like, and also at home too. So, I don't know. I just got a feeling about the Suns, but I think it's extremely close. It could go either way. I'm going to go with Luca Legend to uh, to have a big one <laughs> on Christmas Day. So yeah, that also gives us at least one one area where we disagree on and and can have some fun texting back and forth and watching right. it. Um, yeah, I mean, wouldn't shock me if if the Suns get hot. I mean, anytime you have, of course, KD and Booker in the mix, yeah. you'd have those guys go off. Luca um, will need to go off, I think, to get the job done here. He's certainly capable of that as well. And man, I I'm just really impressed overall with with the Mavericks and their start of the season here. Um, I think Phoenix has uh, a slight coaching advantage here potentially, but also slightly less pieces that they can they can throw around. Uh, to confound their opponent. So going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. So pulling up our full slate of games here. Now we got to make a decision and let the good people know you, the viewers and listeners know where should you direct your attention? You know, if you're doing Christmas day brunch or, or dinner, what are you doing? Where, where can you maybe run off for an hour or two, or, or maybe just at least have it on in the background to direct your gaze there while you are doing your events for the day. Justin, I, I'll force you to go first here sure. again. No. Um, what are you seeing as your must-watch game of, of the night here? 
Um, I would say <clears throat> factor in my decision is kind of timing. That way you can catch one game and kind of do whatever. Um, and then also entertainment value. I'm going to go Warriors Nuggets. I think that's going to be back and forth. A oh, wow. little bit of chippiness. Um, solid star power. I think some of the other games that I was kind of got hyped for in the past haven't really delivered. And by like eight, the, the, by the nightcap, I mean, you're already tired and it's kind of like you're knocked <laughs> out anyway. So to me, I would go with the Warriors Nuggets. I think Bucks Knicks kind of too early. Um, but I think Warriors Nuggets, I think it's probably the, the game to check out. But certainly you can't go wrong with any of these matchups. I think they're star power in any game you check out. So well, I'm fairly certain that um you know the league agrees with you in that it is one of those abc games and i mean to your point you're getting no matter how the game turns out you're getting to watch steph curry and nikola Jokic on the same court that's always this is actually one of the games i was not uh, until i saw the date of this matchup this is one of the games I was wanting to go to Denver to watch. I, oh, I really cool. want to see Steph Curry <laughs> live. Unfortunately, he fell on Christmas Day, and there's just, oh, just too yeah. much other stuff going on. Right. And I couldn't make it up there. But I, I'm inclined to agree with you. But I'll go ahead and pick, you know, I'm going to say get your gift giving done. Get your gift opening done in the morning. Get, uh, you know, maybe some brunch action going. And then you know, have maybe like an evening cup of coffee and tune into Dallas versus Phoenix. I think my cat, I want to see like, as you know, someone following the league as you and I do, I want to see like some more building blocks added to this rivalry between Phoenix and Dallas. I want to get like a storyline here that we can carry into the playoffs. I mean, I can't argue against your game in terms of star power it's right up there. This game has some good star power in its own right. It yeah. So, um, so I think that's that's really the only one, in my opinion, that's going to compete with yours. Um, but we'll see if some of these other games, you know, surprise us. I, th- I think the Lakers Boston one and the the Philadelphia Miami one, maybe even the Bucks Knicks one have more kind of blowout potential. If, if something doesn't go right for one of those teams, they might not be able to keep pace with how fast this league is right now. But I think if nothing else, we accomplish picking what should be the best two games, unless the warriors are just totally out of it with Draymond. So those are our picks. Let us know your guys picks for Christmas day. And we'll see what goes down. Want to say also from us to you, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Happy New Year as well from the Hoopsology team here. We really appreciate your guys' support uh, through this first portion of season of the season and over the <laughs> nearly four years that we've been doing yeah. this show. So really appreciate you guys. Hope you have a wonderful holiday season for Matt Thomas. This is Justin Goodrum. Yeah. Peace out. Talk to you soon. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hoopsology presented by Boss Life. If you have comments or questions about this episode, please email hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes and follow us on all social media platforms.